Merriam-Webster defines addiction as a compulsive, chronic, physiological, or psychological need for a habit-forming substance, behavior, or activity having harmful physical, psychological, or social effects and typically causing well-defined symptoms such as anxiety, irritability, tremors, or nausea upon withdrawal or absence. The state of being addicted. This definition makes addiction seem calculated, understood, easy to solve, but it is so far from that. The dictionary leaves out how addiction can manipulate, change, evolve, and continually sneak up on you at all times. It also fails to address the fact that addiction is a disease that does not see socioeconomic status, race, gender, or age. It attacks in your weakest moment and convinces you that the only way you can survive and move forward is with addiction as a part of your life. The dictionary also doesn't mention the trail of lost friendships, broken relationships, and struggling family members that simply want to see their loved ones better. Many times the addict understands that what they are doing is damaging their relationships and spiraling them even farther down a dark path, but they don't believe they can go on without their addiction. Addiction is a nuclear weapon. It is not precise. It does not simply affect the targeted individual. It creates collateral damage and hurts innocent people in its wake. My name is Dustin Roller, and I'm a high school principal in rural southern Indiana, an entrepreneur and an amateur podcaster. This project came from a passion to see a longtime friend succeed in her battle against addiction. In America today, it seems everyone has a story about addiction and how the opioid epidemic has affected them. In season one of Freebird, I have the opportunity to reconnect with a lifelong friend, Ashley Freeman. Ashley and I grew up together in Mitchell, Indiana, a small rural town in southern Lawrence County. Mitchell's best known for two things, concrete and school buses. This is an unusual combination for a small Midwestern town, but it's due to the major industries in Mitchell past and present. Mitchell was the longtime home of Carpenter Bus Works, and many Mitchell residents worked on school buses. Most people not familiar with Mitchell can still remember a time they came through the school bus capital of the world. At a time in Mitchell, school buses were parked in fence lots all around town, waiting to be sent to a school corporation around the United States. I don't want to make Mitchell sound like a terrible place. It was a great place to live and grow up. We had great schools and were given opportunities to better ourselves and grow as young adults. Ashley and I's class, the class of 2003, we're coming into adulthood at the same time the opioid epidemic was hitting its high point. This meant prescription drugs were readily available for cheap prices on the black market. This combination led to many young people, not only in Mitchell, but across the Midwest, to fall into the traps of addiction. This is my friend Ashley's story. We hope you enjoy it. Freebird, Episode 1, Childhood. Ashley and I began this project by sitting down together at the Jackson Jennings Community Correction Center in Seymour, Indiana. 
we talked about doing this project previously in 2019, but Ashley admits that her drinking at that time wouldn't have allowed her to be completely honest as she is today. It has to be divine intervention that's led Ashley and I to be less than five miles apart in an area that neither one of us grew up in. I started the conversation by asking Ashley to think back and let me know. How was her childhood? I had a younger brother. I feel like I had a pretty normal childhood. Um, My parents separated when, let's see, fifth grade maybe. I was in fifth grade, I think. Um, Around that time, like I I was pretty good in school. Um, I remember being, I made friends so easy. Got in trouble all the time for talking in class, you know. It was always something. I was there to do anything but focus. Um, But not being able to focus led me into, um, we, we went to, my mom took me to several doctors, you know. I was diagnosed with ADD, ADHD, um, at one point Tourette's, depression. Um, so I was on a lot of medicine as a child. Um, I don't remember a whole lot of the effects of that as a child. I do remember when I tried to stop taking medicine, you know. Um, that was later on. But... We grew up in the country. I lived out in the country. My little brother was always uh, camoed out and, you know, doing something in the woods with some kind of weapons. And um, we would go, you know, to the river with our dad and hang out and play outside. We didn't have all this technology and all this cool stuff that kids have now. Um, I was happy. I remember just being happy. I like gymnastics, sports, you know, anything I could do. Um, you were an athlete. Yeah. I mean, you were you were extremely athletic, as I remember. Cheerleader in middle school? Were you a cheerleader in middle school? Yeah. Sixth that's, grade, I started cheering. That's what I thought. Yeah. And I did that all the way up until uh, 11th grade. Okay. Because that's what I was going to say, because I remember you, you talk about gymnastics. I mean, you were one of the most talented when it came to flipping and – tumbling and all the things that I have no idea about with cheerleading, but you were one of the most talented. So definitely an athlete. Thank you. Yeah. And so obviously growing up in the the country and um, I also remember as we sat here and talked about you gymnastics and, and, you know, cheerleading, you were a tomboy though. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I definitely was. And you made friends with, like you said, you made friends with, um, everyone very easy, but as I remember, and you were friends with, especially as we got older, you were friends with the guys as much as anybody because mm-hmm. you fit into our groups Yeah, very easily. So when you look at that, you know, what, what do you think about you allowed you to so easily fit in that cheerleading uniform in that group to hanging out with us in a pair of basketball shorts and a t-shirt and playing basketball or talking about cars or whatever we may have been doing? I think I just found something in common with everybody, you know. Um, I had all boy cousins. I had one female cousin, one girl cousin, and 
um, my cousin Sarah. And other than that, it was all boys. And they were all into cars and, you know, my cousin CJ and Seth, you know, always doing something. Um, and, you know, at home, you know, my, my dad was teaching us to shoot and, you know, hunt and do things in the woods. And I just liked a little bit of everything. I liked variety. So to go back a little bit, you know, you talked about you don't really remember the effects of medicine. And, and to be honest, um, especially now what I do with, with education, we were kind of the test generation for a lot of that. Like it was kind of just, we'll throw this at them and see how they turn out. And I know there's been a lot of change in the world of how we, you know, medicate kids for situate for, for different um, ailments, but you don't remember it, but did you ever feel like, and I know you said later in life you decided to stop, but did you ever feel like I needed this? I don't remember feeling like I needed anything at first, you know. Um, <clears throat> I remember around third grade, I believe, you know, um, I was told I had a problem focusing. I, was, you know, had a problem doing all these things. And I remember we had this gifted and talented class. Do you remember that? I in came in fifth grade. I, yes, in fifth, I came in in fifth grade. So yeah. um, we had that, and I remember doing it. And I loved the, the work they gave us. But um, I guess I couldn't keep maybe keep up. I don't, I don't remember whether I wanted to come out of that or my mom took me out of it or my family took me out of it. Um, but I just, I like to learn different things. I feel like I was bored real easy. Um, and maybe at the time I didn't fit into the school's idea of what a kid should do or how a kid should act, you know. I had a lot of interest in everything. Um, I know that I, my strong points are not organization. <laughs> they were definitely not organization. Um you know, I wasn't into doing homework. I wasn't into those. Like, to really sit and be present and pay attention to something, uh, it had to, I had to really be interested in it. You know, I had to have a desire to learn it. And, um, you know, book work, and I'm definitely not good at math. Numbers, no. You know, like, I think I'm just now learning to budget and do those kind of things as an adult, you know. You and me both. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lifelong process, yeah. you know. And it, it has to be, like, something you really care about, you know, your bank account, things like that. Yeah. You, know, you have to And it's really got to get in the red three or four times before you uh, exactly. really get interested. Yeah, yeah. Going all, again, going back to that childhood period, you know, we all talk about what we dream to grow up and be at that point. What was it for you? What was the thought, I'm going to go and when I'm an adult, this is what my life's going to look like? Man, I wanted to be so many different things. I don't think I could make up my mind. Um, I know at one point I wanted to be a vet. I love animals. I've always loved animals. So it was something like that. You know, at one point, probably a teacher. Um, another point I know I wanted to work on computers. Um, when I was young, I had a great babysitter, Judy Allen, and um, Judy and Jerry were Bride of Christ Church in Mitchell, mm -hmm. and for um, 
the youngest part of my life, you know, Judy was one of my, I, she babysat me every day after school. Um, they had a computer and we didn't have that at our house, you know, so I would go over there and I was stuck on it all the time trying to figure out, you know, what I could do. And it was fascinated me, you know, and it wasn't until I think fifth grade that we, in those classes, that we actually got to use computers because it was, you know, it was still new then. And that was part of, you know, that class I was I was mentioning earlier. Um, those things fascinated me. Technology back then fascinated me. Um, so a little bit later on, that was something I wanted to do. Um, and anything with computers, you know, was a goal too. So I... <laughs> As we moved into middle school, how did it change? You know, obviously you said that, you know, around fifth grade, mom started taking to the doctors and, you know, working on some of this stuff. What were those middle school years like? Because those are, let's just be honest, the most awkward and awful years of, I think, life. But yeah. what were those middle school years like for you? I really, they were, they were definitely awkward. Um, the school dances, you know, uh, cheerleading and stuff was weird. You know, that was when I first encountered like real catty females and, you know, little people, you know, thinking you did something and you didn't and you have no idea what's going on, you know, so-and-so looked at you and now I hate you and what is going on, you know? Um, but I, I seem to, you know, I always had friends in every class. It was a small town, you know. We went to a small school. Um, I liked it, you know. I, I, I feel like even back then I liked going to school. I got to socialize, mm -hmm. you know. I didn't have anything better to do. It wasn't <laughs> like I can stay home and sit on my iPhone all day and watch, you know, Netflix. Like, no. No, we had to watch The Price is Right if you stayed home. Yeah. So you went to school. <laughs> and you got two channels. So, <laughs> no, I'm going. I'm out. So, and... and I will tell you this. This is the probably the funny thing. I, I remember when I think back to you in middle school, I remember because I really didn't hit my growth spurt until like freshman, sophomore year of high school. I remember you just being tall. Mm -hmm. Like because you had you had grown. And I just remember always thinking she is so tall. And it was funny <laughs> when when I when, haven't seen you in years. And when you came in, I gave you a hug. I thought. I am taller than her. Like, mm -hmm. and I know that happened when we were younger too, but I still remember you as just being taller than me. Yeah. And again, an athlete. And so it was funny that, but I just remember you always being so, so much taller than me. Mm -hmm. And so I remember that very well. Yeah. It's funny how our memories work like that. It is. There's some people <laughs> that I think of and I can only imagine them as a child. Yeah. I don't know what they look like as adults. I, I remember them then and that's it. I would agree. And then... If I see them as an adult, it, like, will not connect. It will no. not compute mm -mm. because that's not who they were. No. In my mind, that's they're that age. So getting through middle school, as we all did, stumbling through and, and figuring out. But then we move into high school. And, and what was high school like for you? Like you said, you're still part of the cheer team um, up until junior year. But what was high school like? How did, how did things start to change in high school? Well, okay. I got my license before the rest of my class. Me and LaToya and Jonathan Pete, <laughs> we were the uh, oldest kids in our class. You were the bus drivers for everybody. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's how it was going to be, you know. And I ha my first car was a Ford Ranger, and I could, I tried a few times, 
uh, to fit more than four people in there with me, you know, and it was a stick. So one, Jennifer Sloan was usually stuck in the middle, <laughs> you know, and then Elizabeth Suarez, she sat at the window, and sometimes Trista Hughes would jump in the middle, and we drove to lunch like that all the time. That's so, the other – can you imagine if they still allowed everyone to leave – for open campus lunch like they let us. That was the most insane time ever. I know. Like We terrorized that town <laughs> yes. for half an hour every day. Yes, and every lucky day. if we came back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but that's what I, like, you know, you say it right there. That's that's what I remember of you in high school is just always, you were always around all of us. And this is the cool thing too, I think. I think you'll agree. And it's kind of weird and I obviously now I work at a bigger high school than what we went to, but like I always talk about, I don't remember not liking anyone. Like there were people I had spats with or like you weren't my favorite person, but like, especially within our class, there were people I maybe didn't have much in common with, but like we were all pretty tight and close and like, it was, it was good. Like it, I don't remember anything bad in a way. Me either. Like, and I, I, I hear from, because I've gone to the other end of the spectrum since then, you know, full circle with all this. So in my later years and in my addiction, I've made friends with people that I wasn't really friends with in high school. And I've come to realize that a lot of us were just in our own happy world. You know, we had our friends, we had our class, we thought, you know, we were all so close. And then come to find out there's some people that looked at us and they were just like shaking their head, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I didn't see that. Did you? No, I no. Again, like I said, because I just thought, like, and I, I guess I was naive. Me too. I guess I was naive. I guess that's the best way to put it. Because, like, I and I, I say this now, and I, being on the side I'm on now, and seeing and having my eyes open to what some people are going through, I didn't see it. Yeah. Like I thought everything was good. Like yeah. I, like I just don't. I don't remember all of the issues and the problems. And, and, and I, like I said, I was probably naive. I know they were there. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't focus on it, I guess. Right. It, it might've just been over here peripheral, you know, um, like I, I remember some, you know, pot use in high school. I don't remember if there was meth use, if there was, other things that people around us were going through, I never saw it. Maybe it was the time, maybe it was the town, maybe we were just naive, but I didn't see that. I think, okay, so the first thing I remember trying was weed. Um, that was junior high for yeah. me. Yeah. That was junior high for me. Um, but back then, like, I remember thinking that was cool. That was so cool, you know? To me, it was. And I think I just like to do something I wasn't supposed to be doing. You know, it was just because, and I probably didn't even know how to inhale it at the time. You know, I'm sure it took me a while. Like I could get a hold of my parents' cigarettes and smoke a cigarette, but I know I didn't know how to inhale for several years down the road, you know, you know, and then you go home and then you wait, you know, (laughs) you wait till you can do something else. Yeah. So obviously starting that in, 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 middle school but going into high school I mean again I like I said I don't remember I don't remember you ever being involved in anything like that either so I mean outside of the normal stuff we were all doing so as we get into high school you know what 
other than the the you know the little bit that we all had to dabble in and try and being kids, where were you putting your energy more? I mean, I know cars. Um, when did you go from the Ranger to the Mustang? That was tenth grade, I think. Eleventh. So, I believe that. I ha- okay, so I had a boyfriend. Ninth grade. Uh, 10th grade, all the way up until uh, it would have been 11th grade. 11th grade was the last year I was in there. Um, I quit after my 11th grade year. So I was working. I had my first job in high school. Um, it started out Mazio's, <laughs> <laughs> it was Mazio's Pizza. And then it went to Backyard Burger. Um, and so I was I was working to buy my car, working to buy uh, the Ranger that I had, um, cheerleading, my boyfriend at the time. And that was really, that was it for me, mostly. You know, I just stayed in those little things. I stayed busy, but, you know... That's the only, that's what I remember. And you and I have talked a little bit, so I know a little backstory, but it was kind of just like you were gone. Mm-hmm. So take me through kind of what happened and what led to you making those decisions. Because I guess I should ask this. Was there a buildup? Like, did you see, I'm not going to make it, I'm not going to finish this? Or was it a just, I'm broke, I got to go? So there was there was a buildup. There always is. It may not be noticeable, you know. Um, but what led up to me leaving school was I had basically fucked off my classes. <laughs> um, they were telling me that to graduate, I was going to have to take summer school. Summer school classes are classes at B&L. Um, so I was behind in all that. Um, some problems with my relationship over the summer had happened. Um, I was getting, I was at that point where I was getting older. Um, that was probably the most freedom I had ever had in my life. You know, I bought my new car, um, me and Jennifer, Jennifer was my best friend, you know, we worked out, we did all kinds of, you know, we started getting in shape, we started feeling good, you know, doing our hair, doing our makeup, just, um, and I think at one point, like I start, I was drinking, um, I was smoking, and on top of these things, I quit that medicine, all of my medicine, right, it was the end of I believe right around the end of 10th grade. Okay, so I know my memory isn't always accurate. <laughs> but um, I do, the, the moment that I'd had enough of medication, I remember I was in Mr. Giggy's class, and he was showing um, a video, and I remember falling asleep during it. And um, I remember so many different medicines, 
you know, it was always tweaking, you know, side effects. They're always and changing it. And these side effects. And I mean, I was on um, stimulants. I was on downers. I was on things for blood pressure and sleep and all these things. And I know that I complained about a lot of them. I didn't like the way they made me feel. Um, and then finally Mr. Giggy's class, and he gave me a detention. I didn't get in trouble in school. You know, no. Maybe for talking. But, you know. Um, no, I was much more the troublemaker than what you were. Yeah, I was so <laughs> well-behaved, I thought. You know, I really thought I was. Um, and, I mean, if they'd get on to me, they'd hurt my feelings more than anything, you know. And uh, I just decided I had enough. You know, I had enough of medication. I was tired of it. I didn't like going to the doctors. I didn't like doing all that. So I was done. Um so in hindsight, it was, you know, I made this decision. I quit all these things. And then you've got these other buildup of freedom and job. And the realization hit me that I could get my GED. I didn't have to, you know, I could work. I could get my own place. I could move out and have ultimate freedom, you know. Um, and I could just get my GED and be done with it. Do you think now, looking back, that as you quit that medication, even maybe subconsciously without knowing it, that's when you started self-medicating through smoking, through alcohol? Do you feel like, and again, I'm not saying that I believe you needed that, but do you think your body was in such withdrawal and shock just from the years that you took that, that, that it encouraged you to try to self-medicate things? Definitely. Um, because... You know, looking back at it, I mean, pills, that's one thing, you know, in my mind. That's one thing. The weed, the alcohol, all those things were on their own category. But meth was, like, my go-to, you know. Um, I had been on stimulants in one way, shape, or form for years. And then I go off of it, and, you know, less than a year later... I'm doing meth. So I feel like a lot of it was subconscious. Um, and a lot of it was, I mean, it was the people I put myself in, you know, around too. Um, but yeah, I, and thinking about it now, um, I don't remember ever feeling normal. Uh, and it's taken me a long time, even sober now, to feel normal in social situations, to feel normal, um, you know, different places, just to feel normal within myself, to feel every day like I can get up and just be me and not uh, be thinking about, I mean, you can replace it with anything, caffeine, nicotine, all that stuff. You know, food can be an addiction. Any of those things can, and ultimately you're trying to fill a void. Um, I think that part of it was years and years and years of medication and subliminal, you got to fix something. You know, when you go to doctors for so long and there's always a problem and they're trying to treat problems, you know, you, you believe you have a problem. You believe that you're not whole, that there's something wrong that has to be fixed. And that's just, that doesn't go away overnight. Did you... <laughs> Going back to friends, did you 
when you were around our group of friends, our, our group of classmates, you know, and you say you, you just now feel comfortable. Was it always like you felt like you had to put on a show or you had to be something for everyone? At the time, I don't remember feeling that way. Looking back on it, um, I never knew who I was, really, you know. And um, I can see it now, you know, having kids. You know, my son is the age now that I was when I started this, uh, a lot of it. You know, um, and I can look at them and see so much of myself, you know, at every different stage. And you don't realize it, but when you are a kid, you are trying to fit in. You know, you say the right things around the right people. Um, you, you know, kind of cover up who you are. Um, and you don't even realize it, you know. When you, when you made the decision... That, and, and going back, I guess I should say first, you know, going back to be naive, I don't even remember during our junior year realizing that you were in trouble, not in trouble, but credit-wise, you, you, you were behind in classes. Like, I did not, if I was aware, it does not register now. Like, I don't ever remember that being like, Ashley may not be here. So that's, and not that I feel like you would have come down the hallway and said, Hey, I'm, I'm getting ready to flunk out. Yeah. It's just, it's wild to me because I don't remember that. And like I said, um, I, and I was probably a, I tried to stay out of as much drama as I could. And I liked everybody. If you wanted to have a good time, I like to have a good time. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I don't rem- I just remember you not being there anymore. And I know we've kind of talked about this and I, I want to hit on this, but what was it like? Because you did have all these friends and you had all these people um, that you had made such good friends with. And then you make this decision. I'm leaving. What happened with those friends? So um, it would be the summer before my jun- my senior year. Um, you know, we had this senior trip planned and I don't remember uh, – I remember that summer, so my boyfriend and I had split up. Um, I was working. I had my car, you know, and I just started making some real bad decisions. Um, I started working at I – I got two new jobs over the summer. Um, they had me around different crowds of people, you know, um, I remember, you know, different people that I wasn't, you know, didn't normally hang out with. Um, The biggest thing for me, like, these things are contributing factors, you know, but um, basically I hurt one of my best friends, you know. Um, If you like what you've heard so far from Freebird, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This helps us greatly move up the charts. Also, if you want to support the work we do, please head over to our Patreon account. For $10 a month, you can not only get early access to all the episodes, behind-the-scenes content. You can also support the work that we're doing with Freebird to help support those winning the battle against addiction. Check out our theme song by Boogus, Freebird. 
Available wherever you get your music. Jupiter, stand still, now you're close to the Lucifer. Got a Colt 45 trying to loosen up. Got a buzz online trying to boost it up. Got a dad and a mom trying to make him proud. Got a bag and a bong trying to make him pound. I'ma up my ante, touch my Grammy, go my family down to Miami. No, they can't control my visa. My world, I roam like Caesar. My song, my girl, my diva. Good drink, my good sativa. God knows I'm far from lousy. Lord knows I'm smoking loudly. High box, I'm riding cloudy. Eyes drop like Ronda Rousey. I'ma use the two legs that God gave me. Go so long, bitch, I'm Tom Brady. I go Kobe, drop about 80. Then I roll out in a drop top, baby. 285, I do about 80. Push to the limit when I get in it. I don't get high till my third blunt finish. When I can't deal with the weight and the pain of the world, I write my pain and I sing for the world. Came from afar, ain't came for the fame, but I came for the change I could bring to the world. When I can't deal with the weight of the world, I write my pain and I sing for the world. Came from afar, ain't came for the fame, but I came for the change I could bring to the world. I go I'm a free bird smoking on California in Indiana. Girl, I want, I want, I think I'm a ghost, and I'm a sea Arizona. I'm in Indiana. I'm a free bird smoking on California in Indiana. Sun is shining in Florida. I'm a free bird. 